Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. And I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. And today we're resuming our coverage of the award of the awards race by reviewing Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery and the Fablements. I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. Okay, so let's start with Ryan Johnson's new Who Done It, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Uh, came out this weekend, only for a weekend. I don't think you can watch it anymore for like a month. It will come back. It will come back, but to Netflix, not to theaters. December twentieth, if I'm not mistaken. December twenty third. Twenty third. Right before Christmas. And um, but we went. But I went to watch it this weekend. You watched it at TIFF. I watched it at TIFF. I watched not the world premiere because that was really hard to get tickets to. But like the second screening, the morning after, gotcha. which was still a lot of fun. Um. So yeah, I watched it at the Toronto Film Festival. In this one. Obviously, Knives Out was such a successful movie. So um, when you're greenlighting a sequel to this movie, um, at first I was like, oh, that's unnecessary. Why not let like a good original movie stick on its own? And then you announce the cast and suddenly like my hype for this movie was through the roof. Same. Especially like the days leading up to me watching it. I was so damn hyped to see it in yeah. this movie. Uh, Benoit Blanc goes uh, to Miles Bronze Island, who is a tech billionaire who has invited his friends for a weekend, and then someone turns up dead. That's all we can say because the plot takes so many turns that yeah. I'm really glad I went in blind. I didn't even see a trailer before it. I also didn't see a trailer for it, which I'm proud of myself for doing because I only saw it last weekend. Mm -hmm. I gotta say... It's better than the first one for I me. I agree, a hundred percent. Get your hand off of that. You expected a puzzle. But for one person on this island, this is not a game. Will you explain it to us then, detective? And I'm gonna say something. Um, the mystery in the first one was good. The mystery in this one, the solve is great. Without spoilers, the climax of this movie is such a satisfying scene. That's all I'll say. Like there was clapping with my audience. I don't know yeah. if you went with a full crowd or it was a like, full okay. crowd. I think yeah. every crowd was full this weekend. Uh, it made more. I think if it had like a little bit more theaters, it would have made more money than Strange Words. But it got in third place in the U.S. Yeah, I think Netflix is still a little stingy with how many theaters it was releasing it in. But um, it still did excellent. It for got the, the traction yeah. that it wanted. For the number of theaters, it did insane numbers. I believe every house was packed. Like, yeah. that's how good it was. I think just like the word got to people, they'd either seen the first movie or seen the cast or seen that it was only out for this exclusive time. And, you know, it really... Um, yeah, this is very deservedly a crowd pleaser. Uh, let's talk about the cast, first of all. Um, obviously, I think, you know, we could talk for a while about how great of a whodunit this is, but I really think Daniel Craig deserves so much credit for this character that he's helped create on the screen. I think also the evolution of Benoit Blanc is like the his evolution shows and he's a better character in this movie 
I feel like yeah. uh, he's 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 having more fun. Like clearly, Daniel Craig has has a lot of fun in this role, and he's having a ton more fun here. Even though he was having fun in Knives Out, he was he's here is he's just playing. It's amazing, and I like he got more comedic. He got. Uh, uh, more fanboy i don't know how to explain he got really good he's he's very like because i don't know exactly yet if he's like wealthy or not it seems like he has a nice apartment but i don't know but it, when he comes to this island he's like oh shit damn yeah or he likes to like, i don't think he's roast wealthy. them a little bit um and also we can confirm he's gay question yeah. mark i didn't know this until months after i saw the movie but it's a very it's a very um like slight nod and maybe they'll explore it a little bit further on knives out three yeah. that has already been confirmed yes exactly um but yeah he's funny and it just seems like like every scene you put him in he's just adding this joy to the to the scene and it's priceless i'll tell you one thing um He's my second favorite 007 that we ever had. Oh, he's my favorite. And he's your favorite, but I think he's even better in this role. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Is your favorite Pierce Brosnan or Sean Connery? It's for Pierce two? Brosnan because nostalgia. I didn't like... He was my Bond, like in in my era, I guess. Okay, just to contextualize, I was four years old when Casino Royale came out, so... Exactly. I was already like 15 or yeah. 14 when Casino Royale came out. No. That can be right. Whatever. Okay, so do you think the cast is better in this one or in the original Knives Out? Uh, oh, that's a hard one because the original one was so good. The cast, like I particularly loved Chris Evans in the first one and his sweaters. Um, <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis was also phenomenal. I think maybe the cast in the last one was bigger because you had Michael Shannon. You had bigger names. It was amazing. I think. Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette. You had Captain America coming off the Avengers. That's yeah. how big it was. So I think in name name wise it was bigger but i think if they went hand to head to head there's no comparison like they're both really great yeah. i think this one is slightly more names that are like have gotten big how do i say this like if you showed both the cast lists to older generations they would be more familiar with some of the names from the first one yeah but I think yeah, they're equally, like yeah. You have great. newer actors here, like like uh, Leslie Other Jr., Janelle Monae, Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick. These are all uh, just uh, Jessica Henwick. I'm sorry, these are all uh, actors from our generation. Yeah, who got big in the last ten years? Yeah, even uh, Madeline Klein. So, yeah. so yeah, they would only probably recognize uh, Edward Norton, Daniel Craig, Kate Hudson because it's her big Almost comeback. Almost famous, yeah. Yeah, it's her big comeback. She hasn't been in anything for a while. Really? Yeah. Oh, except the and movie then, we don't talk about, music, the Sia movie. Do you remember? That? Have you not heard of I this movie? I have not watched that it's movie. It's the one that got. I'm, I haven't seen it, but it's the one that everyone hated on because it horribly misrepresented autism so maybe it's like her big comeback from for good movies from good movies yeah uh anyway so daniel craig 10 out of 10 edward norton playing basically elon musk fantastic yeah. he was he was really great who was your favorite part daniel craig well from the from the names from, we haven't from, mentioned from the not from the from the, detective. From the supporting cast okay i would say it was probably between ed norton 
and Catherine Hahn. Okay. I loved Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn was a standout for me too because she's, she's like, I won't say anything for spoilers. Um, she's great. I think she's a little bit more likable here than some of her other roles. She's Wait, technically a not a witch here. That's a little bit spoilers. Um, well, Janelle Monet is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, she really owns the screen. And I've seen her in other stuff before, so I kind of knew that she was going to like have a lot to work with. But I'm really glad. I'm really happy for her. Yeah. Seeing how much she has to work with here. Yeah, she's chewing scenery in this one. Like, she's really going for it. But Kate Hudson. Oh, she's so good. She's so funny. Like, her her delivery might be the best in the cast in this one. Like, her her comedic timing. Because she's like... You want to love her, but she's so naive and dumb. And she's that, such a terrible person. Yeah. Like, you want her to come off as sweet, but, like, she's so, like, superficial and terrible. And There's a particular funny, racist joke with her. Oh, my God. Really I was landed. laughing so hard at that. I remember. And yes. it's because of her delivery. Because her delivery is so good. Yeah. Um... And Dave Bautista is basically playing Andrew Tate. Like, so good. All these macho men YouTubers. Yeah, uh, he wears a gun. I loved his yeah, role. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I think that's what he was trying to do, Ryan Johnson. He was basically trying to like hold his mirror to society right now with a with like um with like a who done it, which is insane, but but it works. Because you have people like Dave Batista basically playing Andrew Tate, Edward Norton playing um, uh, our Elon main man, Musk. Elon Musk. Uh, Catherine Hahn is so many Democrats out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really good... Leslie Odom Jr. plays a shady scientist that's like... There's a lot of those right now. So, yeah, it's a really, really cool, like... Uh, Kate Hudson Mirror. is basically every Kardashian and Jenner. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's worked twice. Like, it's rare that... Maybe it's not as rare as you think because there's a lot of great sequels out there. But A, I think it's better than the first. But I also think it elevates... Um, it elevates the whole series from here and elevates my entire perception of whodunit movies. Just like the first. Like, they equally worked mind-blowingly well. No, 100%. This this hangs in the like high echelon of whodunit movies for sure. Like, also they had a bigger budget because of Netflix and the I think the production design and the CGI that they had here uh, to work with was really good. Yeah. Uh, not to mention some really good celebrity cameos that too good to spoil. Yeah, um, for sure. That's all I'm gonna say. And do you think the satire is better in this movie or in that movie, in the last movie? I think it works a little bit better in this movie. The other movie, for me, just a couple of times, not the whole movie, but like just got a little bit preachy. Maybe. I didn't feel like this one did. I feel like this one was like the perfect amount of uh, SJW bullshit that I love. (laughs) Yeah, um, 
it, this one's definitely um well i guess also about privilege but it's about like these circles of money that just like have everyone um counting on each other and sacrificing their morals yeah and the hypocrisy of some of these people like the image that they put out there to the to the who they really are because of that money it's really good and also how goddamn pretentious these billionaires can get yeah but he's so funny. This yeah, is Edward one of the Norton funniest, is so much fun. funniest roles he ever had. I think he he's like having so much fun here. Ed Norton? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how talented he is in both drama and comedy. Yeah. Like you can't say that for too many actors. I am so excited for Benoit Blanc's next adventure already. Yeah. I'm going to see this again when it comes out on Netflix for sure. Oh, right away for me. Uh, because for me, it's a nine and a half out of ten. I'm going to say the same, possibly a 10, but I'm going to say nine and a half. I feel confident with that. I really do. Spoilers for my top 10 list of the year. This is going to rank oh, real it's high. going to be real high for sure. This is the kind of movie where it just satisfies every expectation. Like this is a movie I was waiting for for a while and just everything I wanted and more I got. Yeah. If Netflix manages to get some sort of deal to keep it going in the movie theater, go see it. If not, great, great Christmas movie for you to watch. Yeah. Netflix, don't be stingy. People are loving it. They want to go watch the movie. Why pull it out no, just to I be like, we said so. No, I think now it might be the theater saying we don't want it because oh. it's too close to the release on digital. I think that might be it. Could be. So try to work on a deal netflix for the love of god <laughs> exactly this is a movie to watch on the movie theater if possible oh i felt like it for sure because there's also like some first of all a lot of laugh out loud moments but a lot of like a, oh shit moments like like yeah. if something's about to happen and only like only the audience knows it and the characters don't love this movie fantastic can't understate it can't overstate it lock the doors in your rooms. Everyone is in danger. All right. When's the murder mystery start? Maybe our next movie is also going to figure pretty high on our lists. Absolutely. It is Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Family art. It'll tear you in two. You stop making movies, it'll break your mother's heart. I don't know what to do anymore. You do what your heart says you have to. Uh, so The Fablemans is inspired by Spielberg's own childhood, which he co-wrote this movie with Tony Kushner, who he also worked on for Munich, Lincoln, and his most recent West Side Story. And he based it off his childhood growing up in California and Arizona, his love of film, how filmmaking um, brought so much wonder to his youth and his coming of age and his parents' relationship, his sisters, etc. Um, and um, also something that re that's really important, I feel, about this movie, that um, it's a movie that's really timely, just kind of like, uh, like uh, Knives Out was, that it really touches on anti-Semitism which is on a terrible rise right now, like all over the world. And he touches on like the more the more nuanced aspects of it, like in in high schools in the 70s or 80s? 60s. 60s, 60s. Yeah. In the 60s and like, it's really important. Like, I don't know about you, but I've heard shit like that before. 
like in high school so like uh, it particularly impacted me in that way it did um, it it does it very upfront yeah and like it knows you're about to get uncomfortable and it goes for it anyway to show the truth of it and i appreciated that also i had a similar situation with a christian girl i am not gonna mention names <laughs> <laughs> that uh sammy has in this movie uh, oh no we'll move on oh my god we'll move on that uh, by the way we're talking about funny stuff this is a very dramatic movie but, but this has, whole scene yeah. it has some really so funny, funny moments yeah like uh and uh just i really love this movie and how it unapologetically like explains how much you should love movies and how much making movies is important and i love that too do you want to talk about the cast a little bit michelle williams um possibly my favorite performance of the year when it comes to movies um i would give her the oscar right now i don't know if she's leader supporting but i thought she was just phenomenal uh she should be lead no they're putting her in lead. I, th- I think she was originally supporting, but now they're putting her in lead. Uh, she's just fantastic, and she shows like all the messy sides of um, of the character. But it feels like as a as a writer and as a filmmaker, Spielberg's never like judging his mother. Like he's showing her in this way where you can still empathize with her shortcomings. Paul Dano is terrific as his dad. And this is some of the best acting we've seen from him. And if you haven't seen uh, Love and Mercy or There Will Be Blood, I think those are his two best roles so far. And of course, I mean, a great role he had earlier this year as um, a psychopath murderer in Gotham City. Uh, yeah, and he's so lovable here. That's very strange because the last thing I saw him in was bashing people's heads in with a... Yeah. He's just wonderful. Seth Rogen, I think this is also his best performance. Like it's he's so nuanced. I was I was impressed. He's incredibly subtle. Like you've seen him a little bit dramatic here and there, like in Steve Jobs, for example, which I loved him in. Yeah. But I just feel like the subtlety that he gave here and the heart that he's always having, I just love that so much. And um, Judd Hirsch also like shows up for a little bit, and he's really memorable. Like a people who are. There are people saying that he might get nominated just for those scenes alone. Do you see that happening? Who? Judd Hirsch. Oh, yeah. Like, for supporting? I don't know. I think that's a bit of a stretch because it's such a small part. Yeah, that's what I said at first. I think Paul Dano is a better chance, but just because, like... I think Paul Dano is getting in. I really... He better. I think it's a good chance. If we had, like, like the Emmys that they have, like, that category for, like, uh, special guest star or something like that, that is... John Hirsch wins. Yeah, he could win in that, <laughs> but we don't have that in the Oscars, so... Yeah, but maybe. It's it's happened where, like, someone shows up for a small role. Yeah. And then uh, Gabriel LaBelle as Sammy Fableman. Uh, he's tasked with so much he's supposed to be like the young spielberg but also like the young kid in all of us especially us we know that we love uh going out there and shooting stuff we love watching movies and um editing and whatnot and of course we're both jewish so i think we saw a lot of ourselves in this guy yeah 100 percent uh like the joke about like uh hanukkah versus christmas that really got me uh especially because i think as well as for you we both grew up in very christian countries so like 
the whole streets were all, were always like full of like Christmas decorations. Yeah, I think I and, like we didn't even do Hanukkah stuff, so like it was yeah. very depressing. Because like my family would make it important to celebrate Hanukkah even when we lived back in the U.S. But I was always like. A, why are there no Hanukkah celebrations? But B, why are we celebrating Hanukkah eight times and not going out and doing Christmassy stuff? Yeah. So it's always nice to see nods to that in movies. Um, but yeah, did you did you think that like he his performance like was up to the task? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, he's a he's a I don't know if he's been in anything before, but. He was great, and like, if this is his first role, goddamn. Um, He's Canadian American. Oh, that. that's interesting. He was I in think. Predator. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Why does that say that? He's, oh, he, he was, was in one. the Predator. I'm sorry. He was in the Predator. Okay. As I'm not sure what. He was also in Max Two, which I didn't know there was ever a second one, and in the miniseries Brand New Cherry Flavor. Okay. So, so this, this is, is his first big thing. This is his breakout, and I can see him going places here. Um, Same. He's lovely. In this Do you think he might get into Best Actor? Like, sneak in there? Ooh. Um, personally, I'm all for it, but realistically... I don't think it's happening, but again, I'm all for it. <laughs> I don't think Best Actor is that crowded this year, looking at it now. So maybe there's a chance for like an underdog thing, but it's, it's rare with guys that young to get into exactly best like even Rachel Zegler for West Side Story last year. No, or but people who were talked about no, like Amelia Jones and Coda, like. But that's woman. Woman, a lot of engineers get it. Like, uh, oh right, because there was like Jennifer Lawrence and yeah. Wes Bone. Like uh, Hollywood loves young girls, as creepy as that is. Uh, but the, the young men usually don't get the same awards love. Yeah, for guys, it barely happens. Even like if you've seen Room, I think there was a lot of Oscar buzz around Jacob Tremblay, and he didn't get in. Um, Freaking Haley Steinfeld won at like 12. Was nominated, didn't win. Oh, she but... didn't win, yeah. She, but she was nominated at like 12. Yeah. So. And. Um... So I think the youngest ever for supporting actor is Timothy Hutton in the movie Ordinary People, which I haven't seen, but it's also like coming of age movie. And I think he was 21 when he won, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he won. Okay, he was 20 when he won the Oscar for supporting actor um, for Ordinary People. Yeah, and we had 80-year-old girls. So, uh, like, that's yeah. the difference. Um, uh, so, Gabriel LaBelle's 20. I don't know. Julia Butters, by the way, as his sister, was really good. Yeah. Um, I can never, like, But she's been good in other stuff before, right? I think after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. her one scene, she's just guaranteed. And the gray man she was in. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I love this movie. Everything about it was just, I think, perfect. The way it looked, the production design, I think it's like, it takes a backdrop. Like, it's not too showy, but it's also just so gorgeous. And yeah. Spielberg has this way of even, like, making, like, a high school locker hallway or, or like... Look like this magical This looks place. like a fairy tale. Yeah. And, um... Or he... The script manages to tell s entire stories about characters only by their actions, not even referencing like stuff that's happened to them, like uh, like a scene with a bully that like really hits hard. Yeah. Or the scenes and where the he's... joke is really good in the end of that one. Yeah, that was that got a little bit of applause actually. That joke. Um, 
Or like, especially the scenes where he's filming and making movies, where he does something with a train, or he's editing, and the way the camera moves, and just pictures film as this magical thing that it was to him. Yeah. I just love it so much. I think that's, for us specifically, like, that's where we had the most connection to the movie. Yeah. Like, making movies, basically. And that is the one thing that I want to nitpick about this movie, I feel like it should have a li- should have had a little bit more of that. A little bit more of what? Of him making movies. Oh, I didn't feel like it was lacking. I don't know. I maybe I f- have to watch it again. I felt like... I will watch it again. I, like, I just watched it like two days ago, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe one more sequence of him shooting like another production when he was older uh like maybe his first production in hollywood or something like that i feel oh. i feel like i was missing that one like <laughs> that one hollywood thing from him like i wanted to see how he handled that like the first time that he was in the in the big in the big one that's the one thing i was missing okay well, I felt like there was a lot of him going around with a camera, and the ending scene is really, really memorable. Yeah. Like, first of all, great cameo. Yeah. That's for sure. all I'll say. And it's just a, a Very wonderful unexpected. scene. Yeah. Um, and the character that the person is playing. Yeah. That's just wonderful. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much. And the to whole complain. scene, what he says, their conversation, it's fantastic. For sure. For sure. Um, there's a, there's a part where it's like, where his mom is like dancing at the campsite. It's about 30 minutes in. And I think that's when I knew this movie's a masterpiece. That's no, all I'm going to sure. say. For sure. Uh, again, that's the only thing that keeps me from calling it a masterpiece. I feel like if it had that, it would have like to the end or sprinkled out of, like you mean either like him or, going to Hollywood? Either or. Either or, if you had a little bit more sprinkled in for uh, from the movie making perspective, or if you had that like that like his big break in Hollywood, yeah. uh, that would have made the difference for me. Okay. If not, because it doesn't have that, nine and a half out of ten. If you had that, it would have been a ten out of ten. But just for reference, the movie's already two hours and thirty one. I minutes. would have stayed there for another <laughs> half an hour. I don't care. You th- you think it was paced <laughs> well? Yeah, it was paced pretty well. I think it it went by really well for me. Like, if you had another sequence for 10, 15 minutes, it would have been fine. Yeah. For me, I'm going to say it. This movie's a 10 out of 10. It's my favorite of the year right now, and I can see it staying that way. And I guess for now, it's my second Spielberg movie in a row that, A, I've given a perfect score and is my number one of the year. Nice. Is this... What's your favorite of the year right now? Is Has this dethroned whatever it was before? Uh, right now, both the movies that we discussed today okay. are in contention for first. I haven't decided yet. This is also my number one and number two. It's, I'm gonna say that it was the, the Fablemans for a while. Then, like for like, oh shit, four days ago. So like for two days, it was the Fablemans. For two days, it was Knives Out. So like, let's see how it ends when I watch both of them again, yeah. and we'll see. I love that we have the both the same top two yeah. for the for the year right now. Might that change. could change. We have Babylon. Babylon's coming out. You have Avatar. I'm not Avatar, saying I have, have Avatar. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think it's breaking my top two in any way, shape, or form. Not top two, <laughs> but maybe like top 10, 15. Uh, I saw Tar recently because it came out on digital, and it's fantastic. In Israel as well? Um, like, like I watched it at home. Oh, okay. It came out on digital, but um, it's I might not watch out in it Israel that yet. Then. <laughs> but um, it's... It's fantastic. It's also it's 2 hours and 40 minutes and you really don't feel it.
was your favorite part? And yeah, I'm very excited to what comes next. We have a good December to look forward to. Some avatars coming, some Oscar movies that we're going to be reviewing. Um, yeah, Oscar season is wrapping up. Yeah, but, December is going to wrapping up. We still uh, have some time. Um, yeah, but like the movies are. Oh, possibly. There's quite a bit. Ramping up, not wrapping. Oh, ramping. Up. ramping. You said wrapping up. No, ramping. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> no, it's staying uh, it. Uh, we're <laughs> ramping it up. I'm lazy with that. In this yeah, week. so we'll have more Oscar predictions. We'll have some reviews and some very exciting guests. All here at Film Fanatics. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And this was a fun one that I was really excited for. Same. And most importantly, watch Glass Onion and The Fablemans. Fablemans, you can still catch in theaters. I don't think you theaters. can watch Glass Onion right now, but watch it when it comes out. Fablemans, <laughs> you can still catch in theaters. Glass Onion, uh, you know, wait for December 23rd and then hit play right away because yeah. it's a must watch. That's it. Don't remember to... Don't remember. Do not <laughs> don't, remember. Don't forget to follow us uh, at Film Fanatic Spot on everything, Instagram, TikTok, and f- subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Hit that button that is no longer red. And... That's it. Leave a comment. Maybe with your favorite uh, movie of the year so far. That's it. All right. I'm I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. Have a good one. See you guys soon.